my friend did tell me something fun about um, Fukushima, which is that the uh, current like evacuation zone mm-hmm. totally baseless. Really, no reason to do it at all. He says unless you're actually in the buildings or in the storage tanks, you're fine. <laughs> well, the p- people are treating it the way you would treat a nuclear bomb. Uh, it, it, it I see. Throw stuff out in the air. Oh, is that what's beeping? Yeah. Oh, well, that. Well, this is. I think this is the. Oops, sorry. That's my wife. She just sent me something. Something important. Try not to read your phone. That's all right. You get to Japanese. Ooh, right. And then I'm gonna copy and send this. Episode two of CCNC. So we decided go. to call it, right? So yep. Welcome back, and uh, hopefully we're not as bummed out and negative this time around. Well, <laughs> that was a downer, wasn't it? I was like, there's good stuff in there, but it was definitely not the best time to start. Well, we we were still in the wake of, and I mean, we still are in the wake of this thing. So much wake. Wait, you're right. So we're like, uh, so I get it that you know. Sorry, everybody, for the last one, but. I mean, I hope there were some nuggets that you like, but yeah. So we're going to try to make this a little more upbeat. That's why I'm laughing. If you can't laugh, you cry. Well, that's what we were close to the last uh, <laughs> right? We're beating somebody up. I mean, it, it, it's never as bad as it looks, hopefully. And actually, I have to <laughs> appreciate, like, Dave Chappelle and other comedians, right. or other, you know, famous you know, black people have come on and said, well, now, now, now you know how we've always felt. <laughs> so, and I mean... To be fair, I remember back when George uh, W. Bush got elected, and I was that was also right about just before I was I went to Japan, and I was like, I'll come back when he's not president anymore. <laughs> Which I, you know, ironically, people are like going typical liberal, just running away from the country. You should leave, and it wasn't that, but right. you know, you have this certain feeling of apprehension when the other side wins. That being said. There is some ominous stuff going on. And I've, yeah. I've been told this isn't the worst that's ever happened. Like, you could look at, like, Lyndon B. Johnson, who apparently was pretty awful. Or not awful, but kind of off the wall. Right. Uh, Richard yeah. Nixon was very openly anti-Semitic kind of stuff. You know, so right. we've weathered worse. Yeah, I think so. I think... Uh, okay, I mean, yeah, I find it funny. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's not happening to me. But, um, you know, I've seen a couple of posts uh, in various places where people are, have celebrated that Obamacare is going away. Oh, and yeah. They, 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 right. They've said, well... It's fine for me because I'm covered by the ACA, right. which is what they put together after Obamacare crashed and burned so hard. Well, like, no. No, no, it's that. I have for years now told people, look, for for different reasons, not because I knew that Obamacare was a, not a trigger word. What's the best way to say it, it was politicized? It was, yeah, yeah. It was part of a, a people who used it. If you liked Obama, you're like, yeah, Obama. And if you hated Obama, you're like, yeah, Obama. So the problem is, if you anything with his name in front of it, you're screwed. Right. And I was like, we need to all own this. It's the Affordable Care Act. It was passed by Congress. It was messy at the time. It's yeah. based on a Republican plan that was originally cobbled together by Nixon and Kennedy back in <laughs> yeah. when uh, Nixon originally privatized health care. 
tried to roll it back because that was a disaster. Right. And it, I, I'm, I hate to say it, but uh, shamefully, the Democrats at the time, backed by the healthcare industry, vetoed right. trying to re- regulate it again. Right. And it went from there. But it was uh, Kennedy's dream. Was it Robert Kennedy? Uh, Attorney General? No, no, John? no. John, no. Uh, who was the one that recently passed away? The Senator Kennedy. Oh, Ted. Ted Kennedy, my bad. Teddy. I'm bad I, I, with the names. I apologize. Ted Kennedy. It was his lifelong dream to, to get that going again. That's right. And That's so, right. Yeah, but the Obamacare could be better called Romney Care because it's what he, as a Republican, right. put through in his own state of Massachusetts. Right. So... You know, everybody can hate on Obama for it, but I, I'll also say, you know, it got it it got kind of screwed up. What was what was good about it got screwed up and gutted at the time it was passed. Mm-hmm. And the biggest problem is that it still left the power in the hands of uh, private companies. Yeah, but it made it like legally mandated that you had to participate. So when they want, they, they were like, Wait, if I raise the prices. They can't get out of it, which is kind of awesome. Which is what was, is happening now. Which is yeah. why everybody like is saying, "Yes, definitely repeal it." Right. So, and again, healthcare boring, but it sucks because we live in a country where it actually mostly works. I say mostly because I know that it's really screwing with the national debt. And you can say, "Aha!" Now there's a reason to be afraid of socialized healthcare. The reason why screwing with the national debt is because of um, Japan's com- combination of huge booming. Well, uh, aging population yeah. that manages to live for a really long time, <laughs> yeah. and uh, a big shrinkage in wages and a working population mm-hmm. to support it. So you know, if you don't got an economy, if you don't got people paying into the system, then it's going to well, cost have you the money. Same issues that we have in America. They mm-hmm. have a minimum wage that's you know, that's insufficient. Mm-hmm. That's uh, true. Working poor was coined in this country, I believe. Mm-hmm. They have. Uh, uh, an upper middle class that continues to climb upward and is deaf. I mean, well, here they don't cry out; they just pull, push through. Kind of. Sort Japan of. and Venice, still yeah, exist, you're right. So. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, but it's the same. I mean, I see the same thing. I see a bunch of rich people running around, and they don't really care. God, some of the cars that drive through here are insane. Yeah, yeah you see this. No, I mean, it, to be fair, we're in the second largest city in the country, so you go to L.A. or New York, you're going to see fancy cars. But man, uh, and I actually, I remember at one point I went with my wife to buy a futon, and at a traditional mom and pop futon shop where they custom make it for you. That's what like traditional Japanese people do. You can go to your local. Ikea oh. or the equivalent and like Yukawa I think is the Japanese version of that mm. and you buy it for like 50 bucks kind of thing 5,000 yen right. and you get a pretty decent mattress but you get a custom made one oh my goodness it'll cost you as about as much as you'd expect an American bed to cost you ours ran us like about 50,000 yen which is about $500 I'm just going to say right. it's like 100 to 1 equivalency don't worry about the exchange rate so but it's this thick and you couldn't feel the floor when you laid on it Wow. Because it was just so, absor- like, so cushy. You know, they talk about, you know, you know was it, uh, was it bounce and what's the other factor? The, oh. Here's commercials for, yeah, for mattresses. Like yeah. Spring and bounce. Spring and bounce is the same word, so it's got to be something else. But the point is, is that it's like sleeping on a full-size mattress, but you're only this far off the right. floor. So it's amazing. Um, they said you could also think about getting a, a higher-end futon. And it's stuffed with the down from this particular breed of 
like rabbit that oh, wow. like only grows in the Shetland Islands or something like that. And you, he says, close your eyes. And you close your eyes and he says, hold your hand out. Okay. And you feel nothing, but your hand starts getting warm. <laughs> and you just open your eyes. You open your eyes and you get a ball of fur about this big sitting on your hand. Wow. Weighs nothing. And it's, your hand is like, oh. And I was like, wow, how much was that one running run this? And he's like, about two grand. <laughs> what? Uh, it might have been more. I mean, and actually, this might be a place where I'm screwing up the conversion. It might have been more, but wow. it was it was thousands of dollars. And you know, there's people out there. I was like, who can buy that? Mm-hmm. Not very many. But uh, actually, and again, not to spend too much time on that. But the other thing that's kind of troubling is that you know people are like around the world. We need more jobs. We need more jobs. And it's not enough. We're making jobs. We got forty percent temporary workers in this country. Forty percent mm-hmm. of the workforce is temporary. And it's, I think it's the United States is catching up there too. So, uh, yeah, it's not enough to make jobs if they don't pay any money. Right. Hi, I have a job, and uh, you know, there's I recommend a book. It's um, my best guess. It was probably written in the '90s. It's called Nickel and Dime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a journalist who decided to go more or less undercover. I mean. She worked at different places in the States. She worked for uh, a maid service. Um, you know, she worked at a hotel as a, as, as a maid without a maid service. You know, like, you have the, what they call Mary Maids, which is a company. Okay. Uh, you know, and then she did some, some work uh, at grocery stores. And, you know, places where, you know, you'll find people who, who work there, but they're all not young. It's, I think maybe she even did something at a fast food place. Okay. And she said it was almost impossible. It was impossible to make ends meet uh, unless she worked overtime. And, you know, and I've seen people I know, people I grew up with, people I'm not friends with anymore. And I see them arguing about. This the minimum wage, and I'm like, well, these people should fix their minimum wage. The, the, the circumstances, no, they, yeah, they, they don't want to pay anybody anything. Uh, I mean, the guy that owns Papa John's Pizza, mm-hmm. he's a horse's ass. He's got this big giant, you know. I mean, and he started a company and he made a lot of money and that's good. And I think he probably deserves to live well. Sure. But, you know, when your employees can't live, you know, you just can't just hire, keep hiring kids all the time. Right. You know, and even when your managers can't really make ends meet, you know, and have a family. And people treat that kind of labor as... as Throwaway labor. They want interchangeable parts. Yeah. In other words, and and well, by whatever it's like metric. School so, boards too. Yeah. Well, by by whatever metric. In other words, just if this one complains too much, you throw yeah. it away. You put it in another part. And actually, that's one of the flaws in the the new Uber economy, or, or what are they calling that? Like the kind of like freelance economy, I guess. Right. Right. Or uh, independent contractor kind of deal. The problem with that is, is that since there's no social safety net. Right. To go along with that, like typically say, well, your employer pays for that. Well, if you let the employer off the hook and you are one of these people who believes that welfare is only taken advantage of by lazy people who want drugs, if that's, <laughs> if that's well, and, I mean, but right, if, if yeah. that's, 
if you treat it as a monolithic problem without any nuance, what you're basically saying is, is that it's the throwing the baby out with the bathwater problem. Right. You're saying the hard-working people, these quote-unquote hard-working entrepreneurs, right. get screwed just as evenly. And somebody pointed out something interesting recently, which was that people uh, uh, seem to equate homeless people with poor people as if the or, or right. sorry, sorry welfare recipients with homeless people which is two different groups of people yeah and studies have actually shown that if you uh, give people welfare they tend to like prove proven that they actually tend to spend it on say like their kids for example right on food I mean I, I'm in favor of like if you just want to say oh you just get food stamps okay I mean what's right. wrong with that but you know, they go, well, we got to do this mandatory drug testing because we know they're all drug addicts. And states <laughs> like Florida, where I'm from, have shown that they tried that kind of program before. The program cost them more money yeah. than the welfare. And the return was something like less than 2% of people were actually right. taking drugs. So mm-hmm. this weird false association, which I, I'm assuming it probably comes from politicians on, on stumps. Sure. And, and a lot of that is... Remember, we pay attention to stories, particularly now, Mm -hmm. that are sensational. Oh, yeah. uh, That are, that don't necessarily reflect the norm. Endorphin fix, right? The norm norm is not fun. The norm is boring. Right. I mean, that's why everybody roots for an underdog. Yeah. And that's why we, oh, wow, this happened. Americans love our stories. I love this, this whole thing where people say, celebrities shouldn't do this, celebrities shouldn't this. They definitely but should we, not use the ear of their fans or the people in general right. to say an opinion. But the problem is is we really want that. Society in general wants that. Mm. Oh, so-and-so got caught with a hooker. Oh my god. What a bad example. Well, if we're going to play that game, then they get to talk about what's good and bad. Yeah. You know, if we're going to sit there and hold them to another standard. That's true. Oh my God! You know, people admire you, or blah 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 blah, but don't talk. It's there's always it's this. the same problem with the athletes too. Entertainers <laughs> don't have an opinion. Yeah, I'm like they're people. They do this, um, and people, and they get paid. They get paid a lot of money, whether you think they deserve it or not. Uh, I'll say by that token, I also think celebrities shouldn't complain quite as much about paparazzi. There's a limit. You should say, you know, I, I deserve to be able to lock my door and not expect somebody peering through my window. Right, right? yeah, yeah. But you gotta, you like, out of my window. You, you gotta, <laughs> I mean, uh, coming to Japan and having been a school teacher, mm-hmm. you, you learn the phenomenon of being a, a minor celebrity. It's, 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 it's a thing. Right. All right. And it's not like, it's, it's when you realize that you can be three towns over and you think you're completely by yourself with your girlfriend and then a student shows up and says, hey, and the next day, you're back at school and the entire school is talking about your girlfriend. It's a lot of fun. So you got to kind of watch yourself in public. And I think maybe most teachers in... Yeah, even in the States. Yeah. Even in the States, too. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you, when I was teaching, you know, people would say, well, Cece, you know, you should be careful because, you know, people might say something. And I said, I had a student that came to my classroom and she was crying because her boyfriend broke up with her. I'm not sending her away. Just like... I'm not going to... A lot of things. Prejudice, bias whatever a lot of us we want these simple answers mm. um, and we're also like willing to say like all Trump supporters are evil because they're all racist pigs right but 
that's that's the same sin of of oversimplification. Right. No, I agree. And and don't get me wrong. It gave feel, that group of people a lot of power at the same right. time. Right. Well, I mean, I feel comfortable if someone says they voted for Trump, and um, uh, I, I'm comfortable inside feeling some trepidation. Sure. <laughs> you know. Not as much. I mean, because they, you know, they're talking to me. So obviously, probably they don't have a dislike of people of color. Um, you know, but so I'm, I'm. I mean, I'll listen. You know, it's not like if I see somebody and I go, "Oh, well, that person's white, so I should watch out." Um, but I mean, you know, people don't want to engage. They're they're self absorbed, so they. They want those easy answers. And we want them in every part of our life. I mean, there's a reason that we have infomercials and cheap-ass products that go away after a year on the air. Take a pill and you stop being fat. Right. Well, no. You know, I know, right. You can't walk up the stairs and your back hurts. And, you know, here, swallow this gelatin, collagen. Oh, yeah, there you go. Didn't they, did we invent the snake oil salesman? That's what I'm wondering. Probably not. I'm wondering. Oh, uh, we probably invented the name. We certainly have the name. Going. Probably, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure, yeah, the term. Yeah. Literally, snake oil. But yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I guess it's probably the old. I, I'm sure. Not, not that I feel like digging it up right now, but I'm sure that if you dig back, you'll find <laughs> yeah, it. Right? Yeah. I mean, charlatans exist throughout history. Yeah. So fair enough, but. Uh, I gotta say, right? Rasputin, right? I was thinking. So my thing is, like, I'm going, um, but we certainly have industrialized it. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I right. mean, the entire vitamin industry is based on a lot of feel good. You know, I like healthy stuff. I like feeling healthy. I'm gonna take vitamins. They make me healthy. But it's based on a lot of. Basically, no research at all, and yeah. started with uh, the guy who decided vitamin C was going to fix everything. I can't remember his name. Often, <laughs> yeah, I can't he was either. he was a Nobel Prize winning uh, physicist, I mm-hmm. but didn't really have a lot of background in chemistry. Right. And he decided he went off on a on this thing in the seventies when he was basically at this point like this real mm-hmm. uh, like TV celebrity scientist. Yeah, saying and you know what's awesome vitamin C, and he. Everybody bought into that, and they said, "Well, other vitamins are good too, right?" And the thing is, is that normal. Sad yeah. to say, if you eat a healthy diet, you're going to get everything you need. Yeah, you only need trace amounts of everything, unless your doctor specifically says you've got a problem. Yeah, uh, if you're a night worker at the uh, convenience store in Japan, there actually was a, a case was shown on TV of a girl who's uh, she had a horrible diet and never went out in the daytime. And her bones became very brittle. Uh, like a uh, lack of calcium. Yeah. And I guess right, vitamin D. A. Or D, sorry. D, yeah. yeah. So uh, there you go. That's extreme case. And, but the thing is, is that um, otherwise, if you live a normal life, your body is really well designed to <laughs> get everything it needs <laughs> yeah. out of the environment. Same thing with hydration. That's a myth. Mm-hmm. Uh, started by the sports drink companies. Right. Who founded their own institute. And by the way, you don't have to take my word for it. You can go watch uh, Adam Ruins Everything uh, YouTube channel. Which is, uh, I mean, he, he makes this very fun and very palatable to watch. But uh, ruins things like the engagement ring in the De Beers Corporation and diamonds. And 
I, I, did, I made my wife watch that before we got married. <laughs> I was not popular. She's like, you're still buying me a diamond. I was like, oh, I wasn't debating that. I'm just saying. It wasn't the, uh, the ring of choice, I mean, the stone of choice in Japan, a sapphire? Until... That's a good question. I think I, it was... I, the... Not a pearl? I mean, it's not stone, really. But... Uh, you would think that it would be a pearl, but I think it was a sapphire. Huh. I'd read somewhere. I mean, there's only one source, so you know, it's not like I did any research, but um, I found that interesting. That uh, is interesting. Oh, speaking on the collagen front, there uh, ten years ago, I remember in the Japan Times they were saying that they are banned from saying that collagen is actually a basically a scientifically proven dietary supplement. Because it's not. Because it's not. Because what happens is you can't rub it on your skin because your skin doesn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, you can't you, eat it because you, you digest it. You digest it; it gets broken down. You will get just as much benefit out of a nice juicy steak. Yeah. As out of a collagen pill because it's essentially the same stuff. Well, Body makes it or it doesn't. And they call it collagen, but it's actually gelatin. Because in order, it's collagen until you heat it. And it breaks down into gelatin. Which is what I have a pot full of outside. Really? <laughs> Why do you have a pot full of gelatin? Um, well, for my upcoming gumbo. Oh. So um, what happens is is you take the, uh, the carcasses. But since I'm using a lot of um, connective tissue, which is collagen. The stuff um, that we wish would stay gross. Yeah, <laughs> so we'd stay like really, really stretchy. Um, and so when you, you cook that down over a period of time, it breaks down into gelatin. And when you have the gelatin, um, then when you heat it up, obviously it becomes a liquid. And that's how you give body to soups and stews. Okay. Um, soups and stews get their body from these kinds of things. I mean, unless you, you know, I mean, there are other ways, like roux and stuff like that, but... Um, you know, instead of using just fat, because you know fat tastes greasy, right? And after a while, you're like, okay, well, I like a little bit. Fat's right. greasy, so I, I just don't want a mouthful of fat. I mean, this is the essential layman problem, which is on the surface of it, literally, they look basically the same, and you kind of assume that they belong to the the same group yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you know, people, the old wives' tale that you can make a candle out of earwax because it's wax right? <laughs> and you can watch Mythbusters and they right. show how it's done and it's really horrible and disgusting but <laughs> yeah, right. it's more complex it's made up of other fun things called lipids which are not exactly <laughs> fat, fat but they're components of fat right, right? so exactly. it's not wax right. it's a totally different substance right. but again well, I'll give you a hint mm-hmm. so you, okay you've had soup dumplings Chinese soup dumplings oh yeah oh, so okay. everybody says well, oh yeah it very rarely do people who 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 don't cook a lot you know, they just say, oh, well, that's interesting. And, and they figure there's some ancient Chinese secret, if you're a Westerner, to, to doing this. And it's, it's, it's not hard when they make the dumplings. And then people have probably gone to Chinese restaurants early in the daytime and, and seen them folding and making dumplings and cutting stuff up and peeling shrimp. But all you do is, all that soup is, is it's a flavored gelatin. And so what happens is, is you cook, you get the gelatin, and you flavor it the way you want the soup. And then you put the meat, and then you take the gelatin when it's cold, and you make the dumpling. And then when you steam the dumpling, it turns to liquid. Nice. Soup dumpling. Oh. I mean, obviously you have to and seal you, it properly. And you just try to do the same thing with, say, grease or something. It'd be oh, God. And <laughs> yeah. greasy. Right. Okay. By the way, I have a question about saving uh, tomato broth. Sure. Pick your brain if you don't mind. Sure. We, we had a... a Wonderful Japanese custom in the winter is nabe. Yes. And they have, you buy basically pre packaged soup packets, they're both well, liquid packets in the store, about 
about this big around at the bottom, about this tall. It's an aluminum foil bag, foil-ish bag, and, and it contains like you can do like a tofu-based, which mm. sounds better than it tastes better than it sounds. Yeah, it's it like does. A, um, yeah. Kind of like clam chowder style broth, basically, is the mm-hmm. result. Not clammy, but you know, broth. Um, tomato, which is kind of like a white broth. Yeah, yeah. white broth. Uh, and more traditional flavors like chicken broth or, or there's kimchi flavor. And, and as we had last night, tomato flavor, which is way more westernized, but we've got to give it a shot. Why not? Yeah. And Munchko was unhappy because it turned out really sweet. Hmm. And I said, she goes, oh, there must be too much sugar. And I was like, actually, it's probably too much salt, was my guess. Mm. And I was wondering to know what your thought on that was. So we're talking about something that was pre-packaged, pre-packaged sure. and then you just you put it in the pot and heat it. It's up. basically already cooked, which means that you know caveat emptor, right? You don't know what you're going to get, right? <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, get the inside. As if I'm going to this. Oh, I think you better get that. One. Uh, I'm going to ignore that for now. <gasps> oh, wow. right. I'm going to ignore that because see now it's going to rain forever. <laughs> of course it is, right? That's but the minute I get. I get, you up, get up. It's gonna. It's gonna stop. Have you ever heard of a cordless phone? They have these cordless. Phones. <laughs> you know what? I do have a cordless. You know, phone. I'm, I'm interfering with his uh, his work day. Yeah, that's his, all right. His kitchen prep time. So, uh, sorry. So anyway, you were gonna say. So anyway, um, well, before I give an answer, I will tell you this. It's it's kind of foily. Okay. The, the package? Uh, yeah, but I think the inside is coated with a plastic to keep okay. it from reacting. Because it's tomato sauce. And yeah, it has acid. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I mean, and I think all of the packages are. Basically, there's a thin plastic mm-hmm. film on the inside of all right. these packages, which is also for freshness. And I think the outside is coated as well. Right. And then the, the basic bag is a, it's a very... It might not be aluminum. It's, it's maybe have an aluminum coating on the yeah. outside. Right. But otherwise, it's probably largely... Okay. Well, it keeps the UV. Finally right. kind of plastic. Okay. Um, I'm tempted to say that there's too much sugar. You want to say okay. Um, but that is probably because number one, um, people don't think about it in terms of savory foods necessarily, but sugar is also uh, preserves. Okay, huh. you know we talk about preserved fruit, which is heavily sugared. You know, sugar is, kind of, is sugar is sugar is sugar acidic? I uh, know it's totally sugar. Bonehead yeah. compl- question, but right. it doesn't but, have any kind of pH effect. You say it's a preservative, so I'd imagine yeah. it would have some kind of a. Oh, uh, it's probably more basic. Basic, okay. But um, uh, so people will add the sugar in, and also, were there onions in? Yes. Uh, I know, I know. I know the onions have sweetened it so up. So what happens is... Onions, is, yeah, cabbage, and, carrots. And they may have... Chicken. Cooked this at a high temperature mm-hmm. with the onions. Oh, no. The onions we added. Oh, the onions you added? Yeah. Oh, okay, then. I mean, well, it, then, it's it's pure stock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, but okay. they may have added an onion flavor for all I know. I'd have to check the list. Yeah, they may have added some onion flavor. And onion sweetens as you cook it. Yeah. So... Add to the problem. Right, right. And if they cook it at a really high temperature in pressure cookers and stuff like that, which is very likely, maybe yeah. an industrial process, right? You make it uh, so you make it that double dose of sweetness. You're, you're creating sugar, so it's not even an afterthought. Like we have crappy ingredients, right. we're going to mask them with right. a flavor. It's actually more of right. a chemical reaction, and this is what happens when you make right. soup. Right. Okay. 
Also, Japanese tastes and tomato sauce generally tend to run sweet. Oh, don't get me started. Well, uh, you know, you've been to, yeah. you've been to the the cafe. <laughs> Savory is well. I mean, traditional Japanese food is fantastic, but their approach to Western food really is <laughs> like the like, omelet rice. It's what they call it? I'm sorry, a rice omelet, which they call omurice in Japanese. Yeah. Uh, rice omelet, right. they will put ketchup on it, and I've always found it too sweet. Yeah. It's it's kind of gross. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan. I'm yeah. like, uh, something that simple I should has to be executed, which you would think that the Japanese would be able to do since they execute simple dishes generally well. I wonder where the influence is. Is it, is it a... A, a attempt to conform it to Japanese tastes, or does it come from a different influence such as Korea? Because I've been to Korea, mm-hmm. and those people are definitely into sweet. <laughs> oh, really? By and large. Like, I found their food surprisingly sweet. And of course, I, as a tourist, and again, as a Japanese tourist, because I was there with a Japanese tour group, I made and steered in the direction of sweeter stuff uh, anyway. So, right. you know, again, I don't have a lot of data on this, but I do wonder, you know, you have to kind of follow the course of where things come from. Because you know, like tempura, which comes from Portugal, theoretically, not theoretically, technically. Yeah. Sorry, bad choice of words. Uh, tempura is fantastic, very salty, very, right. you know, Mediterranean. I think when they execute things uh, here, yeah. rather than I don't know of any Japanese dish at Japanese dish that has more sauces that are nearly as complex as some of the things. For instance, when my my, my customers have gumbo, mm. they they really they might like they like the first spoonful, but they don't get it. I mean, they, it takes them a little while, and they, they, they like it, and, and they come back, and they get it again. And then they start to realize that there's a lot going on in the bowl. That there's, a, there's this multitude of flavors that have been blended and, and, and treated. And, 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 um, and so when they ask me how long it takes to cook, and I say, well, it takes a few hours. They're shocked. You know, and they're like, well, how? And I said, well, I can't just toss everything in. Well, I mean, I could, and then it wouldn't be that good. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. you know, and certain things are cooked down, and certain things are cooked this way, and and uh, quite frankly, uh, they're like, well, it's, you said there's uh, like hardly any tomato in here, but I said, no, you can't taste it. I said, well, why do you use the tomato? And I said, umami. Same reason ah. you use. Same reason they use um, bonito, the uh, the fish, right? The the. the it's in Japanese. I'm what it's called, but uh, katsu. Katsu. Yeah. They. Uh, I most commonly see it as a flaky, dried flaky topping you put on top of. Yeah. It looks uh, like you just shaved your pencil. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> commonly seen on Japanese uh, uh, okonomiyaki, which is yeah. either called a Japanese pancake or a Japanese pizza, depending on who you talk. It's to. just either. Yeah. It's great though. You should it's try good. It. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, and umami, which a flavor Japanese invented, the fifth. Flavor, right? Along with the sixth sense, apparently yeah. they invented both of those. And but seriously, um, tomatoes, that katsuo, uh, there are a few other things. I mean, and in Western cooking, they talk about the uh, the bases when they talk about okay, well, you saute aromatics, which are onions and mm-hmm. celery and carrots and and those other things um, that we saute ahead of time. And in different cultures, there's different combinations. But you know, tomatoes definitely. I can tell you right now, 
if I have a dish that has tomatoes in it, I have to have the amount of hot uh, uh, cayenne pepper that I use that I would use for the same dish without it. I wow. use twice as much cayenne pepper in my dirty rice than I do in my jambalaya because my jambalaya has tomato in it. It just really gets that focused and all over your tongue. And, and you know, I made that mistake once and once. <laughs> yeah, the I mean, I'm good at following recipes, and I've I've gotten better over time. And I mean, like I said, living with Machiko has been an eye opener because she's. Uh, we've talked about this before. She's at that level where she can open the vegetable drawer and be like, "I'm making this tonight." I'm like, yeah. okay. and But then, like, the next day, she's like, you're responsible for cooking. What are you going to make? And I was like, let me think. i got to figure out what I want to cook. And she's like, just look in the refrigerator. I was like, my brain is not working that way. And, and it's it's not, mm-hmm. I think for her, in her case, she ha- her talent lies in that direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure over time I can build up the skill. And I actually have with a Japanese style, what they call a tame, which is basically a vegetable stir fry with like, mm-hmm. meat or whatever. I can do that now. Right. But again, Practice makes perfect, right? So, but I mean, we'll sit there, she'll sit there and say, "I'm going to do a spiced fish tonight." Oh, help yourself, <laughs> knock yourself out, and she can she can now blend the spices together in ways that I'll give you a way to help yourself with that. Sure, if you want to get better at that, mm-hmm. if you buy something that's prepackaged, like your nabes and stuff like that, um, work with uh, accentuating. Pre-packaged products. I've been doing that with spaghetti sauce for years. Yeah, well, for they, years. Yeah. Japanese spaghetti sauce is basically tomato paste. <laughs> yeah. And uh, actually, uh, and I've gotten actually compliments from Machiko because mm-hmm. uh, recently I took their their prepackaged meat sauce and their prepackaged which we I guess we call the red sauce, uh, yeah. red spaghetti sauce with a uh, red spaghetti sauce with with eggplant in it. Mm-hmm. Because the package is purple, therefore you know there's eggplant. Right. <laughs> and I would I mix the two together, mm-hmm. and then I would add in you know uh, some Italian spices, and I also did, I, I pre-fried some grated up garlic and added that. And mm-hmm. she's like, "This is really good." Now I did some sausage too. Oh, good. I chopped it up in pieces and threw that in there. And you know, and she was like, "Oh, right." You know, so she thought she was stuff. wasting her time buying the prepackaged stuff, but I w- I did the math on in Japan trying to boil your own tomato sauce for for spaghetti. Mm-hmm. You have to make a lot. Yeah, to make it really price, you know, like price, about worth the price, worth the investment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I can't talk. I'm sorry, but anyway, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, thank you. I, I, I appreciate getting that feedback. Yeah, so just basically keep, pick something and keep working at it until it gets better. Right? right. You know. Okay. Well, I'm going to work with this. And if you work with plain, then you know you have a a, a palate that will accept more flavors. So, um, and then just keep things in your fridge. For instance, uh. A block of Grana Padana or Romano cheese or even Parmesan. You know, you keep those tightly wrapped. Those are investments in Japan. <laughs> you hear right? A piece of Parmesan the size of, I don't know. I mean, like, if you're watching the video, you see my hands like this big. Uh, the size of a half a slice of cheese, New York cheesecake is $6. Yeah. That's insane. That's, uh, yeah. You can actually buy cheesecake in Japan cheaper than the cheese. Cheese. I mean, fair enough, it's a lot of cheese, but yeah, I, I've made a chicken parmesan for her for a couple mm-hmm. times for like Valentine's Day. Right. Now, off a recipe, but, you know, it required real parmesan cheese, and I wasn't going to do... I mean, you can get craft powdered parmesan cheese. <laughs> I wouldn't make a chicken parmesan out of it, yeah, but you can. You can. Anyway. I think, uh, well, but if you get those, and you make a commitment to using them regularly, you can get a small one, 
and you get a grader. You get a microplane grader, or you know, the Japanese have some things that can work. Um, I have a real American four-sided grader. Oh, okay, that'll work. And, <laughs> By golly, it does. Yeah, yeah, right. Have a great knife for everything. I else. got one up there too. Right. Yeah. And um, and then you just uh, you say, okay, well, fine. What do I want today? And find applications that, for instance, you know what I want today. I'm gonna make, say for instance, for breakfast. Um, so I'm gonna make some breakfast. It's a lazy day. Uh, I don't have anything to do today. We can have a late breakfast at home. So you know what? Make a pesto sauce. Put it over Ooh. eggs. Over eggs. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right. I know pesto sauce. I know eggs. I never thought about putting I'm the two together. Hundred percent sure that somebody does that somewhere. Sure. Right. Probably in Italy. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, they, right. They're like, and it might even be leftover pesto sauce. They're like, well, and why would you not? I like pesto sauce. I love it. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've, I've introduced Machiko to the, the wide, wide world of creative omelet making. Oh, well, there you're right. Yeah. Although, by the way, I found a new funny one in America. If you go to a restaurant nowadays, you can order a scramble, which is what we like to call a person who doesn't know how to make an omelet. <laughs> You know, when you when you make an omelet at home and you screw yeah. it up and it's not that pretty, just kind of like mash it up a bit. Go on a scramble. It's a, it's a, it's a feature, not a flaw. <laughs> right. So. Uh, it's a scramble. It's a scramble. It's a scramble. <coughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, for me, I, 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 I guess you say omelets are a hobby of mine. And I'm not that into it, I'll be honest say, but it's fun. I think that. If there's anything I'm creative at, it's omelets. <coughs> tell you one thing. That, that I'm not that good at omelets. I... I would imagine if I practiced more, but they're hard. I mean, getting the, the outside consistent, yeah. outside the right color, yeah. while actually cooking the inside is hard. That's the and without you know an overcooked outside. Show, by the way. My, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> early days, early days. Well, I mean, and you know, part of the joy of talking to you is talking food. So that's fun. It's better than politics. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, but I will, I'll tell you. So you know, you and you do those kinds of things. Or if you have something left over, like I said, it was, well, we had pesto yesterday, it's pesto sauce. Why do I have to limit myself to this? Um, could probably put pesto sauce over uh, you probably put it over potatoes too. I mean, it's starch. Okay. You know, pasta's a starch. I can see that. Actually, I feel like I've eaten that in Germany. Because mm. one of the big things that happened, I, I went, uh, I, I lived in Germany twice, and I went once in college. That was my second time. And there was part of my coursework there. It was in the art history department. So they had, they said, you can join the seminar about the Italian Renaissance. And part of that will involve a 10-day visit, like a work study, in Italy. And I was like, hello. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> And so I did. And everybody on the last day went and bought a whole bunch of jars of pesto. Because apparently that's what you do when you live in Europe and you visit Italy. Is you take a bunch of pesto home with you because it's the real deal. You eat as much gelato as you can while you're there. And bring all the pesto you can carry. That's it. So, um, so I, I brought some home as you do. I was like, okay, I'm on board. And right. gave it to my host family and my host brother. And she's like, Potatoes. Boop. So, yeah, right. It was great. No, it is. Um, I think uh, 
And then you can experiment with different pestos. I mean, I have one that I developed here. Um, you know, the the nut ubiquitous to New Orleans is the pecan. Not a pecan. Don't Not say that. <laughs> well, you can say it. You can say it all you want, right? I'm going to just keep ignoring it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so, in the world of the pecan. Right. So, but pecans here are frighteningly expensive. I mean, even back home, when I lived in New York, they were easily twice as much as they cost back home. You know, you should talk to my parents because... We, we have where they have retired their, their new property and in, around the area they have wild pecan trees yeah actually they they, they you can't uh, give away enough pecans can they well it's funny because <laughs> while we were there we visited for Christmas and it was obviously you know late but we were since we're going to pick up some pecans and brought them back and then they uh, indoctrinated me and much go into cracking pe- pecans for them so oh, because yeah. we made pecan pie nice yeah it was funny because she's into it. She's like, you know, it's a big bowl of pecans. But yeah, free. Right off the ground. Right, right off the ground. I remember we get pecans from people sometimes. And they're like, please, please take them. Because please, please, it's right. Because um, when they start dropping. It's like a rain. <laughs> ah, right. Um, but so I developed a, you know, and I wanted to be able to do pecans. And initially I thought maybe I'd do pralines. However... And it's praline. It's not praline. Now, what is a praline? I don't I, give I've, a shit what you heard. Right. <laughs> I've seen it in candy bars. And specifically, yes. again, Milka, the Most German chocolate. Say praline. Okay, Milka chocolate in Germany, they have a, pr- a praline or praline. In German, it's praline. I think it's praline. It's just German. Yeah. So. But they, they have it. And I've seen it in the candy, but I've never seen it as a thing. So what is a, a praline? Basically, okay, in New Orleans, let's, you start with the basic probably, which is, which is a, a candy disc. And it's made from sugar, butter, uh, a touch of vanilla, and uh, sometimes cream uh, or milk, huh. uh, sometimes not. Never would have guessed. Uh, and then you add pecans in the process. And you cook it so that it it's... Well, they have chewy ones now because, you know, people are like, oh, maybe they'll try It's kind of crunchy candy, right? It breaks off. Crunchy as in brittle. Yes. Brittle's the right word. Brittle. But it's not as, it doesn't shatter. Right. It kind of breaks off. Right. And it's kind of, and then when it goes in your mouth, it melts and it's sugary and it's creamy. If you see it as a German chocolate, it's it's a layer wedged between the regular chocolate bar and mm -hmm. the layer of praline. Oh, right. It's kind of appropriate and it's good. Right. It's delicious. Um... So when I make them, I, I prefer to use milk or cream. Mm. And but you know, if you don't cook it to the right temperatures and then cool it down properly, and then you put it onto the wax paper at the right time, or you pour it out, then it it it, it, it won't harden properly, or it'll get too stiff and it won't pour out right. And it's just one of those things where it helps use the thermometer when you first start doing it. And so they feature um, pecans. In New Orleans, right, and it's always been a praline, really, always. We make fun of tourists. We make fun of tourists because if I ask my sister, "Hey, what you eating?" it, she'll say praline. I know she got it from a tourist there. <laughs> That's what she's telling me, right? Yeah. Well, I was in the French Quarter, and I decided to get a praline, right? But it's praline. The French say it praline, and so stop saying praline because it's just wrong. Anyway. It would be, so, be praline in German, actually. Right. 
I'm out of practice. Right. I don't care. Praline sounds like a woman's name. Does. <laughs> Fair enough. enough. Yeah. What are you gonna do? How you doing, Praline? Right. How do we get on the Praline? Because of the pecans. Yeah, so right. How do we get the Praline? So, the, so uh, if I made pralines here, they'd be too expensive. First of all, I got the dairy costs for the butter. You would have and to charge an arm. And actually, we have a it's something you might be, enjoy visiting. We have a real live Swiss confectionery in Chotanamorelli. Wow. Run by a Swiss confectioner. And his candies are ridiculously expensive. I mean, you can oh, buy <laughs> a single candy this big. It's like it's like the whole, what is it? What's the famous uh, ch- uh, chocolate brand you get in America? Like, like Godiva chocolate or something like that? Like, oh, Godiva. Godiva, yeah. Godiva I'm sorry. My pronunciation. Godiva chocolate or whatever um, where you're buying like a box of four little pieces and yeah. it's ridiculously expensive. In, in this case, you'd buy a box of four and it would probably cost you 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... Wow. Yeah. But it's it's good. It's good. And if you really <laughs> love your wife, you get it for her once in a while. But, you know, it's like, that's all you're getting. That's all you're getting. Here you go, honey. But she won't complain either because they're really good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's insane. But, yeah, food prices in Japan... I mean, it's one of the things like... Um, the farther you go into the city watching like they, I judge how far in the city I am by how, how expensive the beer is right? <laughs> right and like this area it's like we're basically in like you're still on the fringe of Namba but Namba and Umeda it's like a, a glass of beer will cost you 900 yen so basically 700 to 900 yeah just 7 to 9 bucks for a glass yeah. of beer right whereas it, where I live on the outskirts of the city it's 260 260 now that's at a what they call a, a uh, it's a bar it's a it's they call a uh, a tachinomi which basically means stand and drink there's yeah. no seats but the trade-off is your beer is cheap <laughs> so it's a good thing but i mean right. at a, your typical restaurant will always start at, at 400 or 500 and then it right. goes up from there right oh so let me finish with yeah I'm, I'm gonna connect that last thread so okay. so with the probably and so i don't do it because the pecans are so expensive also so i'm like well, what am i gonna do 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 so it just hit me one day. I said, well, you know what? Let me see if I can make a pesto. So I looked at what they call chimichurris, which is an Argentinian-type pesto. Okay. Right? And, you know, and I looked at traditional pestos, and they use nuts. Chimichurris don't. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, kind of sort of mix and match. And then I came up with one. The, the deal with pesto is, is that... It's not something that you pour over like tomato sauce, obviously. It's something right. that's highly concentrated. Um, so, in this way, I could get people a uh, pecan flavor uh, without breaking their bank or without me going broke. So, uh, but I guess what I'm telling you is, is that you can you can experiment with that kind of a thing. You just need a nut that's high in oil. Okay. Pine nuts, which are horribly expensive here, are high in oil. Uh, walnuts, which might be ex- which might be more achievable. Yes. And you can also do it with pecans. Uh, I think pecans and walnuts. Walnuts may be a little cheaper, but those are high oil nuts. Like almonds, I, I don't know how that would turn out. You know, I'd, I would not be inclined to try that unless I was really bored. I was like, well, I got a lot of money and I'm really bored. Let me see if I can make an almond pesto. And it might turn out okay, but I probably have to add some oil. Huh. Okay. Uh, and it might even, an almond might even end up being, 
if you could imagine such a thing, maybe a sweet pesto. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is that almonds are all the rage now back in the States, right? Mm-hmm. Almond milk. Which oh, ironically doesn't involve almonds. Yeah, Maybe it knew a guy named Almond once. <laughs> if it's made with almonds, it must be good. So it must be good, right? right? Yeah. Um, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up here. I think it was a good All right, one. yeah. yeah you like it? I mean, I you, got, you got people coming in, the staff showing. No, no, we had fun. Yeah, we had fun. I think you'll enjoy uh, our final product. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's all you. Well, they're gonna, if they're going to see this, it is the final product. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, yeah. So we hope you enjoy it. We don't want to edit too much. We want people to just enjoy it. But like I said, I'm just hoping that mm-hmm. we can. But you know what? Lighter. This is. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like you know. Like this can I ask thing? you a favor? If if you did like some of it, you know, um, we're just getting started with this, so pretty soon we'll get a little groove in. So yeah, hang with us. We'll this will start to gel. Right, 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 right. Nobody says that you have to sit down and. You know, kind of like my, I was an English teacher, so I tell people, I go, I don't care where you read. You can read in your bed. You can read at a desk. You can read on the bus. You can read on the toilet, which, you know, men are familiar with. (laughs) There you go. We're probably going to set this up so that you can watch it for free on YouTube. You can download it on iTunes or wherever your favorite form of getting a podcast. Uh... But what we might do is, 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 as things come together, maybe we'll have like the unedited version, the the, the, the whole raw deal. Yeah, Hopefully, yeah. not a raw deal, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, will be available if uh, you know. Maybe we'll set up like a Patreon where you can go and, and watch the whole, the whole, you yeah. know, kit and caboodle without any kind of interruptions or with interruptions, as the case may be. And uh, if yeah. you have comments, you know, please, yeah, on YouTube, we'll set up an email. You know, if you like a certain out. part or you like a certain thing, let or, us know. Sure. Or if you want us to talk about something, let us know. Um, yeah. And we will, like I said, we'll set up a, a Twitter and an email so you can get in touch with us that way. And, yeah. How about that? Huh? Sounds good, right? All right. All right, hang in there and uh, we'll see you next time on CC and C. CC and C, baby. Right. See ya. See ya. <laughs>